is Bookanook, a podcast where we talk about anything from any books from Percy Jackson to Chronicles of Narnia. I don't know why I use Percy Jackson as an example again, like I did last episode, but <laughs> whatever. Um, today we are going to talk about Albatross, a very popular character in the Wings of Fire community. Um, under, underlined by the fact that he has at least two maps made out of him, two or three maps made out of him, maps being multi-animated projects, um, and, and I really, you really can't be in the Wings of Fire community without knowing the most important part of his life, really, um, or opposite of that, you could say. Um, another thing is that this will contain spoilers for, um, when the fire legends Darkstalkers, which is probably the only standalone book, um, in Winds of Fire, that you don't need to really read anything else to read it, um, so count yourself lucky i'm talking about this character first who only appears in this book it's i mean this is one of the most read wings of fire books so yeah Albatross is a complicated character, whether you think of him as an irredeemable villain or a man who was driven insane by the trauma of his childhood and the injustices of his sister, the accidents that have happened, um, and the bullying he's gone through over the years. Um, for our beginning, let's start in any, where any, almost every story starts, the beginning. Um, in the beginning, um, happens to be part, one of the most crucial parts in his child, in his whole life, that would change the events of history for the better or for the worse. Um, change his life and many other people's lives as well. Albatross and his sister were hanging out on the beach. Since they were sea wings, wasn't an uncommon to do, thing to do on a daily basis. Albatross's sister was teasing him for having almost white scales and poor swimming skill, which um, is not a good thing. I don't think many people would tease somebody for having poor sim- swimming skill and teasing somebody for for having light skin is also not a good thing. Um, and he got mad and 
jokingly said, Shells, go bite my sister's claws off. To everyone's surprise, the shells did as they were told. That's almost all we know from his childhood, um, sadly. I wish we had more. I would I would love if we got like a a winglets about him. But if you're a Wings of Fire fan, you know is the novellas that Tuiti Sutherland, the author of Wings of Fire, writes, um for just to have little story bits that weren't she wasn't able to tell in the main series or the legends books. Um there are only four of them at the moment but I would love to get more soon. Um, and am I the only one who's really excited about the um, Guide to the Dragon? I, I mean, I know I'm not the only one, but I'm really excited about Guide to the Dragon World or whatever it's called. Um, <laughs> um, also, His sister was sent away because of the trauma, she kind of went insane after that, of inanimate objects biting her claws off. Claws being equivalent to fingers or toes. Um, I mean, I would probably go insane if, if, if shells bit my fingers and toes off, so yeah. And my brother... And I think she was also sent away because to avoid Albatross, because he, seeing him, the causer of all her pain and trauma, um, would not be a very good thing for her sanity. <laughs> and um, and I think it was not also not good for Lagoon's or Albatross's sanity. And, by the way, his sister's name are Sapphire and Lagoon, if you want. I, I, I don't know why I didn't say that earlier, but, <laughs> yeah. Um, the trauma, and I think it was traumatizing for everyone in the event, being small dragonettes, the name for baby dragons in Wings of Fire, it was not good for their brains to see claws being ripped off by shells. Next part of the story is fast forwarding around 50 years, I would assume. This is just an estimate because we don't actually know how long ago that was compared to the modern day of Legend Darkstalker, which was about 2,000 years to, I think it was 2,000, 1,000, 2,000, some longer than, a long, long time, um, ago from the main series books, um, but we don't know exactly how, when the, um, events of, of the last story happened, so we will just assume it was, I will just assume it was around 50 human years at least later. Oh, also something I forgot to mention is that him and his sisters are royalty. His sister actually became queen, um, pro 
probably some sometime after this story um by challenging her mother to the throne which basically means that she had a battle with her mother um and uh she won battle to the death so yeah we end up in a test to see if a sea wing or their dragonette is an animus an animus being a a dragon with amazing abilities basically to command a an animate an any inanimate object or person well i think it's just inanimate object because i think anytime they put a spell on a person it'd be it was a um scale or not a person but a dragon um it was a scale or a piece of jewelry that they enchanted so i guess it wasn't a person <laughs> um This time, Albatross wasn't on the taking side of the test. He was the one giving it, or at least the assistant to Lagoon, assisting Lagoon in giving it. Um, three very important people happen to be in the number of people taking the test. Those people were Fathom, Indigo, and Pearl. Two of the three were his grandchildren, and the other wasn't was was their best friend. My handwriting is so bad. Yeah, I wrote, I don't know why I wrote this on paper, mainly because I could write it uh, like later without having screens and stuff. So, yeah. And if you've read the books, you probably already know why they are important. Other than the fact that they are his grandchildren, but I will save the fact why they are important um, for later because it has. Uh, I'm going to talk about it in a few minutes. Well, maybe not a few minutes, but like in a while. He told, and in this test, Albatross told the Dragonettes to pick a random thing to on the beach, which was where they were taking the test, to do something. It wouldn't ha normally do. Everyone tried. Everyone failed. Or almost everyone. Fathom still hadn't done. Tried. Once he did, he said, Coconut hit my grandfather's in the face. To everyone but the readers, surprise, because I think everyone was expecting him to be an animus because he's the main character or one of the main characters of this book. Um, so it wasn't that surprising to anyone, but to any of the readers, really. Um, <laughs> well, it did, it, it did as he said. Really? Wow. <laughs> How surprising. The coconut clobbered his, his grandfather's face. He stepped back. Whether, whether from surprise or pain, no one could know. However, I think it was both. In the tree behind them, you could hear a seagull in 
clear distress, not being able to breathe. It fell to the ground, clearly dead. Then Albatross said that he would be proud to mentor Fathom, his grandchild. It is clear to me that he isn't happy with another animus, having had... having had suffocated the seagull. He always had been told that things like if there was another animus, you wouldn't you would be replaced. And that not here. And now there is another an, an animus right in front of him. Although he feels duty to train a duty to train his grandson and i i don't think he really hate he really feels any resentment toward his grandson um like some people would i do think he isn't happy at all he feels more resentment towards his sisters um for especially lagoon for um hurting him and part of our story is one of the most important parts. It's the part of the story that is what everyone knows him for. It's his the story that would change the course of all life in Pyria and Pantala, the two um, continents of the world of Wind's Fire, for the next thousand years at least, um, which which in turn changes it for the infinite future. Um, or wait, no. Well, actually, first we need to get go to a slightly less, a very, very much less important part, but it's a notable part. We go to an important piece in creating, we go to a, um, place on land. Well, most of this story it has been on land, but for sea wings, they most part live under the sea because they can breathe underwater. Um, but we go to the Summer Palace. This palace is being... This palace is growing still. And before you are like, A palace can't grow. You can't say it's growing. It's probably just being built. Okay. Yes, it is growing. Because it is being built by using animus magic. Having been enchanted by... By Albatross... Um, nothing much happens in this part of the story that I can remember. Um, please correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. I haven't read the book in a while, but I want to talk about this. <laughs> please correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm human and I make mistakes. But 
nothing much happens in this part of the story, but I wanted to note if it happened since the palace is commonly used in the second book of the main series. Um, the first set being in the second book, it is in the first arc. Um, arc. First arc being book one, books one through five. Um, on books one through five, and is probably the most read because all of them have graphic novels, and I feel like half the half the fandom actually likes the book, or half the people who like the books actually likes all of them. They've read the whole thing. They've read all the winglets, all the legends, and then the other half are just people who have read the graphic novels and haven't haven't read anything else. Which one thing I really don't like the graphic novels for is that they didn't include the prologue of the book. Um, they just included um, the a alternate prologue. Um, you don't even learn about Haviter or Asha. The I going with this? I completely forgot where it was going. Um, oh yeah, now I remember. But, so most of the fandom has read, um, the first arc, but, or at least half of the fandom, probably, has read the first arc, but not any other books, because that is the only books being made into graphic novels. Um, so, and, um, Tsunami, is probably one of the most popular um, out of the Dragonettes of Destiny. Um, behind one, behind probably Glory, from what I've seen. Um, yeah. Now we go into the important piece that will change Pyria and Pantala's history for good. Okay. Sorry if I hyped you up earlier. I forgot. Um, I kind of forgot about that one other piece. Because I am not very good at remembering things. <laughs> or reading my own handwriting. Um, yes, please. Albatross first snapped when Queen Lagoon basically said, Once Fathom is trained, and fully trained, I can finally replace Albatross. After that, he sliced her neck in an arc that appeared, as the book describes, like a dripping red smile. Like the largest smile you've ever seen. He killed royal after royal. He didn't want he didn't want one left alive. But Pearl smashed a glass over her head and to appear dead, and Fathom hid. Right as he found Fathom, Indigo put a spear right into his chest, leaving him dead. 
I told you they were going to be important, being the last two royals. Pearl and Fathom were the last two royals left alive after this Sea Wing Massacre, as it's called. Um, and Indigo was important because he, or she, I should say, um, because she, um, is a very important part because, um, she, um, murdered him, kind of. Well, I guess it was more of protection, but she was this responsible for his ultimate demise. Um, and that is basically the end of this story. We are done with... So we are done. Is... Is Albatross misunderstood or a cold-blooded killer? It's all yours to choose. That... That's goodbye from me. See you in the next episode. See you in the next episode. Bye. Sorry, I'm very awkward. I'm not used to making audiobooks. And, uh, audiobooks? Why did I say audiobook? Um, I'm not used to making podcasts. And this is my first episode, and if it's not well written or not well acted, I'm sorry.